This is where great ideas about the financial world come together. Welcome to the Financial Forum Podcast with the president of Fortune Financial Group, Chris Galise. Uh, so let's talk about some variables, Chris. If if every if, if all the variables were the same for everybody, well, your job would be really easy, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, everybody's different. Uh, that's part of what makes it fun. Everybody's their own puzzle piece. Everybody's their own puzzle, I guess. Everybody's their own, you know, uh, uh, Thomas Kincaid fifteen thousand points of light, you know, puzzle that you put on a table during the holidays and try to put together. So, right. Uh, let me give you some variables here, and you just give us a couple of bullet points to think about. Uh, because we are different. So yes, each person will say, well, how much do I need, you know, income wise, you know, what will we need? Well, the Joneses is different than the Smiths. Right. And that that's why a lot of times when we hear about these rules of thumb, that it's just a guideline for folks to look at just to give you a ballpark figure of how you should be planning things. So what with how much income you're going to need, the the general rule of thumb is that you're going to need 85% of your working income in retirement. So let's just say, for example, that you're making $100,000 a year when you're working. Well, this rule of thumb says you'll probably need about $85,000 to live on uh, in retirement. But is that the same for everybody? Absolutely not. It really depends on what you see your lifestyle being like in retirement. How much travel do you have, right? Maybe you didn't travel at all when you were working and now you want to make up for lost time and you want to go out and and literally see the world. Well, if that's the case, you'll probably actually spend more in retirement than when you were working. Another way we can look at it, and this is kind of the opposite, is is your house paid off. A lot of people heading into retirement, their goal is to be mortgage-free, uh, and I see that a lot. And if that's the case, well, you're probably going to be spending a lot less in retirement then because now you don't have that big mortgage payment uh, every month. So you could use that 85% rule as a guideline, just to give you a little bit of a ballpark figure of what you need. But really what you want to do is you want to picture what your lifestyle is going to look like in retirement, figure out how much you'll need to support the lifestyle and then plan around that income number. Okay. So income will vary from person to person and family to family. So make sure you're having that conversation with your financial advisor. Uh, also taxes, how much we will pay now, right now, you know, we're in the historic lows. We've talked about that many times and we'll, we'll maybe stay there for a while long or maybe not, who knows? So let's talk about the variable that is taxes. Right, right. Depending on your situation that's going to dictate the tax bracket you're in and it could vary widely from from person to person uh and one of the biggest discrepancies we see a lot of times is if you're single versus if you're married because the tax brackets are more favorable for married couples than they are for for single filers and that's why a lot of times when people uh, unfortunately lose their spouse they're surprised to see that their their taxes go up because now they're filing a single tax return as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a joint tax return. So that's one of the variations that kind of dictates what uh, what you'll be paying in taxes. But how much income you have is going to affect it. 
obviously, right? Someone who's uh, having $150,000 of income in retirement is going to be in a uh, much different tax situation as compared to someone that has $50,000 of income in retirement. And then depending on where that income comes from will affect things as well. Maybe you have a lot of your money in in tax-free investments, uh, so the income that you're getting will be tax-free as opposed to someone that has it in you know, stocks or bonds where all the, the dividends and capital gains will be taxable. So a lot of different things need to be looked at to determine how much you're going to actually be paying in taxes. Yeah. And again, every situation is going to be different. The rates can change moving forward. You know, who knows? So uh, and that's a huge piece that a lot of people uh, income and taxes, I think, really are two major, major components of the retirement plan that um, I mean, I think we all think about, but I don't know if we necessarily put as much uh, behind it as we do. We kind of get wrapped up with the income side saying, well, I've got X number of dollars versus how much do I need, you know, monthly type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So we've covered those two here on our retirement variables. Let's talk about longevity, Chris. You know, I, I've told this story many times on the show. I am expecting not to have longevity, but I am being smart and planning for it at least. That that's the way to go. And that when I run retirement um, analysis for folks, when I present them with my retirement readiness review, I'm always optimistic with life expectancy. So what I mean is, I run the numbers as if they're going to live until their early nineties. And more often than not, when I show this to folks, they shake their head and they say, oh, there's no way I'm going to be living that long. And my question to them is, well, what if you do? What is the plan if you live longer than you think you're going to live? And when I ask that question, it gets them thinking, right? Because they're thinking, okay, I'll probably live until maybe my early to mid 80s that's when my parents passed away or whatever so that's that's what my life expectancy will be but just because your parents live to a certain age doesn't mean that's when your life expectancy is going to be as well and you're better off planning for living a longer life than not a long life because the uh, the downside right if you think you're going to pass away at 82 but you live until 90 the risk that you're taking that you could be living longer than your than your nest egg is well that's the number one fear people have in retirement and that's living too long and eventually running out of money so that's why in my opinion it makes a lot of sense to uh, be very optimistic with the life expectancy and that gives that retirement plan a much higher probability of success. Yeah, and then that's going to factor right into the Social Security conversation, Chris, with life expectancy, uh, because you know a lot of us do rush to turn it on at sixty-two. We've beat that horse into the ground. Uh, but you know you, that's one factor, just one factor of when is the right time for your personal Social Security. Right, right. I think the the statistic I read, Mark, is that. Uh, about 60% of, of folks start their Social Security at age 62, and we don't know if that's the right age or not for that particular person. Right, the break-even point, right? Right, right, right. Some people, depending on their circumstances, 62 very well may be the perfect time to start that uh, that benefit. But for other folks, depending on a whole slew of other factors, uh, waiting until 65 or 67 or even 70 might be the right time. Uh, So I always encourage folks, don't just randomly pick a number to start Social Security. 
sit down with a planner that understands the different nuances of social security, that they could give you the best advice so you can optimize that benefit. Because for a lot of folks, uh, it, it's one of the, uh, the best income sources they're going to have in retirement. So to optimize that number is going to be critical. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, let's finish it off, Chris, with our final retirement variable, and that's risk. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen over 28,000 on the Dow for the first time. We've seen it go up and then back down. And then, you know, so how much money should be we have at risk when we retire uh, is very important because that should be ticking down as we get closer to retirement. Yes? Generally, yes. Right. The rule of thumb, and we've talked a lot about rules of thumb today. The rule of thumb is that that you should look at the rule of 100. The rule of 100 says you subtract your age from 100 and what's left is approximately the amount of money you should have uh, invested in uh, the stock market or at-risk investments. So if you're a 65-year-old, well, 100 minus 65 is 35. So the rule of 100 says you should have about 35% of your money at risk. Now, is this the same for everybody? Should every 65-year-old have 35% of their money in the market? Well, obviously the answer is no, because a lot of other factors will go into determining what's the right mix for you. And this is again, Mark, one of those situations where I encourage folks to talk to someone, whether it's myself or another financial professional, sit down with someone who could look at your individual factors and can help you determine what's the right mix of uh, market investments versus safe or non-volatile investments, if you will. You've been listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Chris Scalise, 800-993-1526. That's 800-993-1526. You can also get in touch online by going to fortune-financial.org. That's fortune-financial.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just search for the Financial Forum Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM. AEWM and Fortune Financial Group are not affiliated companies. Fortune Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Fortune Financial Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency.